crowds follow Jesus to a mountain in Galilee, where he sits down to give his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. On the Bible Brief. Have you left a review of the Bible Brief on your podcast player? Please help us stand out to potential listeners. Thank you for leaving a review. From Psalm number 10. Yahweh is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline their ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Everyone wants to be happy. We all want that seemingly elusive state where problems seem smaller and joy seems bigger. We even form societies around this pursuit of happiness. It's a universal human desire with universal participation in achieving the goal. And many of us center our whole lives around this singular aim, happiness. Some of us think that achievement will make us happy and a smaller subset of us actually achieves this happiness for a time. We like developing an expertise, achieving wealth, and gaining reputation for our efforts. Happiness seems to be achieved, and yet its permanence is without foundation. Inevitably, expertise fades with new industrial developments. Tenacity fades as age sets in, and the dollar once satisfying becomes a number to be preserved as retirement looms. At best, the happiness achieved from achievement fades, because achievement once gained is the only foundation upon which that happiness can be maintained. Some think that relationships with others will make us happy, and many of us experience great happiness in our interactions with others. We laugh together, make music together, have fellowship with one another. We can even have a string of romantic relationships that may bring incredible happiness for moments in our lives. People tend to be a somewhat solid place for building happiness. But this foundation fails too. Friends and family die. Romances sometimes turn into difficult commitment. And perhaps most of all, people will fail our expectations time and time again. The foundation for our happiness forms cracks and our happy lives come tumbling down with a new revelation of sin, the decline of a loved one, or an intense disagreement with a friend. Finally, many of us turn to pleasure or to substances. One form of this may be overeating, but perhaps worse forms include addictions to alcohol, drugs, or other substances. Things that lift us for a moment into a state of happiness and euphoria become our slave masters. The shackles we so wanted in moments of desire become difficult to escape from. We're enslaved in agony to what once made us happy. Now, only few of these examples are bad in and of themselves. Achievement is good. Expertise is good. Relationships with friends and family are good. And eating is good. All of these things are elements of God's great bestowal of gifts upon the people that he made. But these elements will never combine to become what we all seek. 
Because what we want is not merely happiness. We want permanent happiness. We want a foundation that will never crack. We want unmitigated, unlimited, and unfathomable blessing. And one of the great things about God is that He wants that for us too. But the path to get there is most unexpected. Because as Jesus tells us in His famous Sermon on the Mount, the path up to blessing is a path down. Because it's those who are down that God Himself lifts up to the blessing that we all desire. The crowds have begun gathering to Jesus at His every turn, and they continue to grow. Jesus has gone all throughout the Galilee region in the northern part of Judea, and He's been busy. He's been teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, and He's been healing diseases and other afflictions. Not only that, but the heavenly offensive against the forces of darkness has continued. Demons continue to be cast out of people by the power of God. And with this activity, Jesus' fame continues to spread far and wide. Galilee had certainly heard about Jesus' activity, but news had even reached to Jerusalem. So many had come to see Jesus, and it was with all this huge and varied group that he chose to give one of his most impactful and important teachings, a teaching that we call the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus, just like Moses had done to receive the Ten Commandments, goes up on a mountain. But Jesus, instead of receiving teaching, produces the teaching himself. The king begins the manifesto of his kingdom, a manifesto of happiness, of blessing gained in a counterintuitive way. He sits down atop the large hill and begins with this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. These famous beatitudes of blessing are critical words for us, because these words describe something that we all long for. Blessing. This word blessed is often translated as happy. Jesus here describes the quality of those who are happy and blessed, an experience of those citizens of his coming kingdom. First, he says this, Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Appealing to a lack of personal pride and arrogance, Jesus says that if you're poor in spirit, humble toward God and humble in personal righteousness, you're one of the happy ones. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Then he says something really interesting. He says, Happy are those who mourn, 
for they shall be comforted. Wait a minute. Happy are the mourners? That sounds like a total contradiction in terms. How can you be happy if you're in mourning? Well, here's what may help us crack the code. The happiness is currently experienced because it's future-oriented. Jesus doesn't just say, happy are those who mourn. No, he says, happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's these four statements that really unlock the principle. Jesus says that those who are poor in spirit, who mourn, who are meek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are merciful, who are pure in heart, who are peacemakers, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and those persecuted falsely, these are the happy ones. And it's because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be satisfied. They will receive mercy. They will see God, and they will be called sons of God. This happiness is found in the foretaste and in the anticipation of the future. Think about the pain of a long-distance runner who's in the lead before all the others. He's been training for months. He's been tired, sore, injured, parched, and discouraged. But he kept on training because he's been looking forward to this moment, this last turn around the bend before he will finally get the prize. He happily fights through the pain because the reward eclipses anything he'd experienced leading up to it. This is the experience of the kingdom citizen waiting for the final establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. He or she experiences true happiness because of what's coming next. It's as if the kingdom enters the spirit of a person before it's ever experienced in the body. Like a seed sprouted underground, but not yet broken through the surface. A gift from God for happiness and blessing experienced in the now because of the future. A deposit on the blessing yet to be experienced at the culmination of the kingdom. Later in the Bible, we read these words of experience of this internal blessing in the midst of external difficulty. We read this, We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the body that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this body we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus begins his sermon with what we all long for, happiness and blessing. And he says something encouraging to us. He says that it's not impossible, but that happiness is within reach. We can be truly happy in this life. But happiness, he says, is reserved for those kingdom citizens who refuse to do something. They refuse to build their foundation of happiness on this life. 
They won't build on achievement, on people, on pleasures, or on ease. They won't be distracted by the temporaries of this world. Instead, happiness, the true and lasting kind, finds its foundation in the future. It finds its roots in the coming kingdom and enjoys some of the fruit even in this life. Jesus has a simple message. You can be happy in this life, but the secret is this. To be happy is to choose the road that doesn't look like happiness at first glance. This road can mean mourning, persecution, and meekness. It can mean great difficulty indeed. But what God gives to travelers on this road is the blessing of happiness, lasting happiness, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Join us next time as Jesus continues his sermon and begins to address a common notion of the day, a notion that the so-called righteous believe to their own destruction. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023